0: Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode, uh, or part two of this week's episode, I should say, of Millennial Mirrors. Um, the topic this week is self-acceptance, and we're here with Nortahini and we're going to be talking about what does self-acceptance mean, how do you go about accepting yourself, um, the differences between self-acceptance and self-love, and, uh, and more. So uh, listen in, I think it was quite a good episode, and I think you'll take something away. And uh, yeah, tune in. Hi, Noor, and welcome back to the podcast. Doing part two. Let's do this. All right. So the episode is called Self-Acceptance. So why is self-acceptance so much more of a talking point nowadays?
1: It's a very good question. And a really hard question to answer as well. Um, But I'm going to (laughs) try anyway. That's what we're here for you (laughs) to do. (laughs) Why is self-acceptance such a hot topic these days? I'm going to probably paint like a very dre- general picture of where we are right now as a human race. Mm-hmm. I think some people might relate to it, some might not. This is just the way that I see things. But I think that we are, as a, as a world, having an existential crisis right now.
0: I would agree with that.
1: The world has moved on so much and so fast over the last two generations that we are still having trouble adapting and understanding our place in the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like, this might be very a very general and and so sort of maybe naive way of looking at things, but I feel like a few generations ago, your path was more defined. You know, your community was the community you were born in. Mm-hmm. Your job was uh, whatever you know job the your the community required you to do or the job that your father and 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 grandfather did, or yeah, it was more simple in that sense. today, you can be whoever you want to be. right? You can, your community can be whatever community in the world you want it to be. It doesn't even have to be physically where you are. You can have the community that you resonate with can be an online community and can be halfway across the globe. So, you can, you can be whoever you want to be. Your community can be whatever you, whatever you want it to be. You can have almost whatever job you want within reason. You can be any gender you want to be today. Mm. I don't know if you're going to keep that or not. Yeah, know. keep yeah. it in. And and all of these things are incredible. Mm-hmm. And they are definitely, a, you know, a sign of, of, of the way that we are progressing. But when progress is that rapid, you get lost. Yeah. So if I can be whoever I want to be, who am I? Yeah. You know, it, it's like a, we also have, I think, an an existential crisis when it comes to our values. Because our values have gone from, uh, you know, like your worth, maybe not values, but your worth was measured in terms of values before and your honesty and your integrity. Today, what is your worth valued in? Is it valued in financial success? Is it Mm -hmm. valued in terms of followers and likes? Is it valued? There's so much mixed messaging. I'm not saying I have the answers, but all I'm saying is that we are faced with this giant question of who am I? What is my purpose? What is my role in the world? What is my path? And as a result of that, there's a lot of introspection that's happening. I don't I don't think that self-acceptance is something that everyone achieves easily. I don't think that this is a path that a lot of people are on. I think that to be on that path is a Somewhat of a privilege yeah. because it means that a lot of your other needs are met, right? Yeah. So the hierarchy of needs, which is if you have a shelter over your head, if you have food on your table, then you can allow yourself to move to like the second, the second level of the pyramid, and yeah. start to think about you know, who am I, what's my purpose, and all of those things, which mm-hmm. are very maybe more representative of this generation than the, the previous generation. So what I've basically done is I've sort of painted this picture where we have so many questions and we're looking for answers.
0: Yeah. Does that resonate with you? I think that makes sense. I think like you said, we you're spoiled for choice. It's like when you go to 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 supermarket and you're trying to like make a choice choose toothpaste and it's just like you have all these different options and what do I pick? Yeah. No one's told me like there's just toothpaste is not really a good example. But you get what I mean. Like you go somewhere, you're trying to buy something and like you have so many options that it becomes harder to, to make a decision. Um, and, and that's like one of the things that I mean, when we say marketing, they always, they always tell you like human beings, you give them too many choices, they struggle because unless they're taught how to make the decision, mm-hmm. they have no idea how to do it. Yeah. But I think considering the fact that we've been in this place now where so you have so many choices, but critical thinking decision making skills all of those are not part of the curriculum right mm. and so you're taught these subjects math english all history what have you geography etc a lot of fact based curricula but you're not really taught a lot of critical thinking mm. uh, curricula so when you when it gets time for you to actually think about your life or assess or you know be introspective and have any kind of self awareness those skills are not really developed in us yeah. from a young age and so then it becomes your responsibility as an adult to get past those low levels of the higher the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So this safety, the money, the, the, you know, the friends and all of that. And then once you manage to juggle all of those, then it's like, oh wait, now what do I what yeah. well, what's my purpose? What's my what's purpose? What what's yeah. next? And then on top of that, you have globalization. you know, globalization and you have everyone has access to everyone. Mm. So now I'm not just comparing myself to Joe down the street, I'm comparing myself to everyone in the world because I can see how everyone in the world lives, what they achieve, what they're doing on a day to day basis, et cetera, et cetera. So, no matter what my benchmark is, it'll always be shifting and it'll always be getting higher, right? My benchmark is no longer something that is within arm's reach. And, And so, it's constantly moving, the target's constantly moving. And so, I don't even know who I'm supposed to be Yeah, because like who I thought I I was supposed to be yesterday and maybe I achieved today has now shifted because I've achieved this goal. Oh, wait, there's like 10 people who are doing better than me. Yes, And so there's this kind of sense of I'm never going to be the image of what I'm supposed to be according to what I'm seeing out there. That makes sense.
1: It does. It does. Because like success these days, it's it's a moving goalpost, right? That's what they call it, right? Moving moving goalpost, goalpost, I think and just as you said messaging is a huge part of the equation because we are being messaged at or we we are being told things whether we realize it or not mm-hmm. all the time we're being told what is the more preferable way for us to be what is the definition of success that we should ascribe to what does it mean to to have it, it's like it's like trying to find yourself in the middle of a storm almost And just things are flying out to you from every direction.
0: But also, there's this big messaging about self acceptance. It's become like this very diluted term. You find an Instagram quote Mm -hmm. about it every day on your feed. Um, But what does it actually mean to accept yourself? Because like you, you, you know, you scroll past and like the path to happiness is self acceptance, and you're like, great. How do I get to that? Like, what does that even mean? Like, this means nothing to me. Yeah, you know what I
1: mean. I think to bring it back to like this sort of world picture that mm-hmm. the both of us have just painted, the most powerful thing you can do is stop and define the world, define success, define your path on your own terms, mm-hmm. not on someone else's terms. Cause we're all living on other people's terms right now. We're right. all, we've been told what we should wear, what we should eat, what we should do, what we should think, you know, what's cool and what's not, et cetera. But, I think maybe there's two different different levels of self-acceptance or two different types. So there's self-acceptance that is a result of self-awareness. So if we mm-hmm. have to define self-acceptance, I think we should do that as well. Self-acceptance is to see yourself for who you are, your strengths and your weaknesses mm-hmm. and to accept that in a non-judgmental way. And so if self Oh, if self-acceptance comes as a result of self-awareness because you see and you have taken a very deep look at who you are, then that's great. If self-acceptance is comes from like a sort of an external factor instead of an internal factor, so Instagram posts telling you, you are great the way you are, you are perfect, don't let anybody change you, and it doesn't come from introspection mm-hmm. and self-awareness, then it's I don't feel like it's the real thing. I don't feel like the impact on your life is the same. I don't feel like it's based on solid foundations. And more importantly, it doesn't give you the kind of um, self-confidence that you need to face the world today.
0: Yeah. So what are the biggest obstacles in the journey of self- self-acceptance, self do you think?
1: I think I see two obstacles very clearly. Maybe, there are probably more, but the first two that come to mind. One is distraction. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we don't actually have time or make time to sit with ourselves, to sit with our thoughts and to introspect. The other thing that comes to mind as an obstacle to self-acceptance is social media. Mm -hmm. I, I don't hate social media. I think that there is a way to use social media to your benefit or in a way that nourishes you as a person. I just don't think that most people are using it that way. I wasn't using it that way. I had to take a year off Instagram. Like I shut down my account for a year in order to basically make it through my therapy and 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 come to terms with who I was and and work on self-awareness and self-acceptance. But the issue that I see with some with a platform like Instagram is you build your image of yourself for external validation. Yeah. So what you start to show, what you start to nurture as, as aspects of yourself are things that you know other people want to see, Yeah, you know? And so building your personality from the outside in instead of the inside out, I think, is a huge, is a huge issue. And it's I, I was talking to Dr. Saliha, um, who is the founder of Lighthouse Dubai, mm-hmm. which is a, a therapy center located in Dubai. And she was saying, I was talking to her and she has, her kids are teenagers and they don't have Instagram yet. And she was saying that the biggest disservice she can do to her children is allow them at such an immature stage of their life to build their personality from the outside in.
0: Yeah. I think like everyone now talks about themselves as a brand. Mm. And I think that's a horrific way to think about yourself. Because if you're thinking about yourself as a brand, then like as someone who has co-founded a company, the things I have to take into account about you know Finian Media's brand and you as a co-founder, the things you have to take into account in in um, goodness's brand, like those are not things you should be. That's not how you should think about yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not a construct for others' consumption. Yeah. And whereas a brand is a construct for someone's, cons-
1: you know, right? Because else's construction in startup in the startup world, they talk about product market fit, right? Yeah. Which is when your product is exactly what the market wants. You don't have to be exactly what the market wants. You just have to be yourself. Yeah, But that is very, very hard to do in today's world.
0: So what are the t- some of the tools you use to reach a place of self-acceptance? Like what worked well for you? What maybe didn't work so well?
1: I think therapy has been super helpful, mm-hmm. right? Because going to therapy is like someone holding up a mirror mm-hmm. <clears throat> and explaining to you how to look at that mirror and what to make of what you see. Yeah, And having that kind of framework and guidance has been super, super helpful for me. So. I think therapy is a really incredible tool. I know therapy is very expensive and not a lot of people have access to it and insurances don't cover it, but there are, there are things that you can do. So for example, there's an app called BetterHelp. Have you Mm -hmm. heard of it? Yeah. yeah. So it's super affordable therapy, either as a video call or sort of a messaging, um, messaging platform or messaging. Yeah. So something that looks a little bit like WhatsApp. But done on the BetterHelp app, and I think their therapists are in the U.S. or yeah. in, in Europe, and it's it's. And
0: also for those people who might be scared to go to a therapist locally because of privacy reasons or what have you, BetterHelp allows you to talk to someone who's in a completely different country, mm. who doesn't know who you are, and, and nothing's going to get out, and nothing like because I know a lot of people sometimes don't want to go speak to a therapist because they're worried that things might get out or mm-hmm. things might get said. Um, so that's also an option. And I think BetterHelp is just one of those places. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's so many more. Journaling is also a really powerful one for me. Journaling allows me to... Because when the thoughts are in your head, there's no start and end to them. They yeah. kind of ble- but when you put them on paper or when you say them to someone else, you're forced to make sense of it. You're forced yeah. to have a beginning and an end and to yeah. see clearly.
0: What does self-acceptance feel like? What does it look like when we accept ourselves?
1: Like I can't tell you yet. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what does self-acceptance feel like? It's it is it's peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's definitely a place where you feel more at peace because a lot of pressure is removed, or you are able to protect yourself from a lot of the ex- external pressure. But I th- I don't think it's it's not easy. It's like I left Instagram for a year mm-hmm. because my identity or my sense of worth had become so tied to the amount of likes that I got. And then I came back at the start of this year when we had launched the podcast and Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to I want to be able to use my platform to promote the work that I'm doing. But still there are days when I'm affected by the number of likes that I get for a photo. And I have to remind myself like Noor, you've worked so hard to get to where you are, don't fall into the trap again. Like don't it's a constant struggle.
0: Like as long as you're interacting and you're you're interfacing day-to-day with the world, you're all, like, self-acceptance is always going to be, like, a, a daily activity, I guess.
1: Yeah, I- exactly what you said. I think as long as you live in community and society. Yeah. If I went to live in the woods by myself, I, exactly. I think that that would be, like, pretty pretty quickly achieved.
0: Which is how I'm going to be in my seven when I'm <laughs> 70 years old. In the well, woods by myself.
1: But if you live in a society and a community where being liked is still very desirable, like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, no one wants to Everyone wants to be liked. Yeah. You know, it's it's very important that it's, you know, when you're liked, you get more jobs. When you're mm-hmm. liked, you have more friends, when you're liked, whatever it is. So it is desirable, but it's just about knowing how to set boundaries.
0: Humans are social creatures yes. by nature. Yes. And thus acceptance and being liked is literally part of our hardwiring. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about the fact that it's self-acceptance is a daily activity and sometimes it's just not there for you that mm-hmm. day. What do you do on those days? When you're struggling.
1: Yeah. I journal. Definitely. That's one of the most powerful things in my arsenal. One of the most powerful tools in my arsenal. And it sounds so basic. It sounds Mm -hmm. so simple to just take pen and paper and and write down. But there's something that happens when you you start to write in the beginning. It's like, uh, I don't feel well today. Mm -hmm. I want, you know. And then the more you force yourself to write, the more things start to come out. Mm -hmm. And I find that really, really powerful. And they say you should aim to write at least three pages every morning it's uh, based on a book called the artist's way that i haven't read but i, I i've been told a lot you got the, it. Yeah, I got the cliff notes yeah <laughs> i do that a lot by the way i like i'll read a headline and my husband i tell my husband like oh by the way did you hear this and that he's like oh no what happened tell me more i'm like oh i don't know i just had the headline pop up on my phone so it's like everything <laughs> is in like small tidbits yeah. these days um but i journal that's very powerful for me i Speak to my therapist. Mm-hmm. That's another one. I have a friend in London who I would call her my soul sister. Uh, I really value her opinion, and I and I value where she is on her journey to self to self acceptance. And so it really helps me to talk to her. And and she does the same with me, where we will talk to each other and then just ask questions back. You know, she's not there to give me an analysis of my mm-hmm. life. She's there to sort of point things out and say, why did you feel that? Why did you think that? And so on. Um, and and then there are other things you know when you go through eating disorder treatment they teach you to find new ways to soothe yourself because Mm. binge eating which is what I went to treatment for at that point the the eating disorder that I had was binge eating was a way to soothe myself Mm. you know it's just and physiologically there is some truth to it because supposedly the more your stomach expands the more I think serotonin your brain produces so you want that feeling and, and it feels good and it You've got your dopamine um, tran- neurotransmitters that are mm-hmm. firing in the side and your serotonin, et cetera. So, in general, it can be a very positive experience in the moment. But the sort of self loathing, et cetera, that comes after makes it definitely not worth it. And the, the health risks as well. Yeah. So, you are taught various tools to keep in your arsenal. So, such as they encourage you to make a playlist, a playlist of all the songs that make you feel great. Mm. Um, and actually, dancing to music I love is really, really puts me in a good mood very, very, very fast. I've been working on my twerk. I'm not <laughs> good there to yet. know. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they also encourage you to make a list of friends to call when you mm-hmm. feel down. Um, movies that you like to watch. For me, uh, Sex and the City always puts me in a great mood. Side puts me in a great mood. Okay. Uh, sort of anything with Julia Roberts or um, Sandra Bullock puts yeah, yeah, me in a good yeah. mood. So you basically you have... The tools that you can you can draw on very quickly. Um, no, but that's
0: amazing. Like th- Those are all really good ideas. Um, and different ways to kind of like adjust your mood rather yeah. than self-soothing. Yeah. Which can sometimes, depending on what you're using to self-soothe, be detrimental. Exactly. Yeah. I
1: think it's important to have these things mapped out before you are in a situation yeah. where you need them. True. Uh, because... And maybe in that moment, the easiest thing that, you know, you maybe your brain takes over or, or some some part of yourself takes over and you're going to just go for the food or another thing that that always makes me feel better is online shopping. Mm, yeah. Is it the best? Yeah, yeah. Is it the best <laughs> way for me to soothe myself? No, it's no. not. So just awareness of these things.
0: OK. So um, and I think this question when we ask this question of all our guests on this season, but I think it's quite appropriate for this episode. What's one word you use to describe yourself in your internal dialogue that you don't say out loud?
1: If you asked me a few months ago or even last year, I think I would have said I was very critical about my weight. Mm-hmm. So I would call myself fat. I would call myself like jiggly, ugly, mm-hmm. whatever it was, very, very critical of my body. But actually, and it's it's something we didn't talk about a lot in the podcast, but As part of the eating disorder therapy, accepting your body at the weight it is at and accepting, letting go of all the expectations that you have on your body, Mm. letting go of all the things that society has told you your body should be, Mm. and just practicing radical acceptance to the point where if you never lost a kilo in your life, you would be okay with where you are today. That was something very hard, but very transformative to go through. And I think that that has taught me a lot about self-acceptance. Interesting, yeah, so that's been a big thing, so if you asked me again a year ago, I would definitely have to do something have some it would definitely have something to do with how I looked physically today, what word do I use that I wouldn't use out loud?
0: It can be a positive one it doesn't have to be a negative one,
1: yeah, I was gonna mm. say I was gonna say that i've really have i have a newfound appreciation for myself this year because mm. i've had to navigate 2020 by myself as an entrepreneur i've been putting myself in situations where i wasn't normally comfortable before mm. so again um strategizing big picture thinking etc and realizing that actually i'm really good at it if i if if i allow myself to be in if if i put myself in these situations so sometimes i call myself awesome okay <laughs> yeah. i like that awesome um, yeah, I think it's it's super important to celebrate.
0: Okay, and what's the side of you that you'd like to step into more?
1: Definitely sp- my spiritual side. Mm-hmm. So I think we talked about this earlier, but I've been very curious about digging into a new dimension. So beyond the mental and the physical mm-hmm. and understanding how spirituality ties to the mental and the physical. So I'm very interested about this whole sort of new realm for me at least. And applying some some tangible lessons from that to my life,
0: okay. What's your favorite childhood memory, and why?
1: definitely something to do with the ocean. When I was growing up in Abu Dhabi, it's like our whole lives revolved around the ocean, so on the weekends, we went fishing on my dad's boat after school, if we didn't finish too late, we would go and we would go and sit sort of on the corniche mm-hmm. before it was all built up in Abu Dhabi, and like yeah. you had to pay to get a chair, et cetera. It was just like this open beach and we would just go and sit there watch the sunset hang out barbecue with friends it was a very wholesome upbringing in that mm. sense you know there was no when 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 the rest of the world was starting to go clubbing at 14, 15 we were still having evening barbecues on the beach and like yeah. playing rugby on the sand and, oh, and wow. all that stuff so there were also a few wild beaches where we would go and have campfires and um, I just yeah my my best memories as a child revolved around the ocean but yeah. why
0: do you think those are your best your favorite memories?
1: I associated with some kind of freedom. Mm. And I associate the ocean with some sort of carefreeness and power. And and I guess it's gonna get really deep right Go now. Sorry. <laughs> but I think that it um it symbolizes a lot of the things that I maybe felt like I lost about myself and that I want to get back or. A, a part of myself that i was when i was a teenager when i was younger that that was like this i was very connected to nature at the time you know i was at the beach all the time i was um i was a lot more carefree etc and i think that i lost my way a little bit in my 20s um and i lost some aspects of myself in that in that way but i am this is it is where I want to be and it is a, like work that I'm doing to get back there and, and to let go of some of the shoulds and shouldn't mm. that I have hung on to for so long and that have taken me away from from that person and so when I think back of those like evenings and sunsets and weekends you know the sea and you're barefoot and you're in the sand and stuff that's that's really what like sort of pulls at my heart
0: that's amazing I like that that's such cool. a good such a good answer and that's it Those are, that's the last question
1: thank you so much for having me it was great talking to you <laughs> <laughs>
0: thanks for joining me on the episode it was awesome talking to you um, we're gonna put the links to where everyone can find you cool. in the episode description thank you for being here uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode uh, this has been an amazing episode uh, let me know what you guys think um, and be sure to subscribe and yeah this is Shadow and Nancy signing out bye guys bye